He's unstoppable, unbeatable, unbelievable. A little background on Bruce Lee. I think a reason that I was interested in talking about him on this podcast is because he's a truly transnational, cross-Pacific movie star. I know that in his heyday, he was a somewhat controversial figure in Hong Kong. Hugely popular, of course, but somewhat controversial because he was perceived by some as being too westernized, which, of course, was the opposite of the problem that he had when he was in Hollywood. Now, water can flow or it can crash. Be water, my friend. Do you find Bruce Lee a compelling presence on screen? Oh, definitely. Uh, There's something about just total kind of raw conviction he has uh, in everything he does that even when he's kind of making silly noises or like there's there's a bunch of shots in this movie where he he's like either about to strike someone or has just struck them. And the camera is just kind of lingers on him in slow motion as he kind of like reverberates oh yeah with with energy and it looks absurd but i I don't know bruce lee kind of gets away with it (laughs) if there's an arc to the film i suppose it's this this school of very kind of docile tolerant non-confrontational martial artists realizing they have to fight back in the face of this uh this foreign aggression and (laughs) the line that made me laugh out loud was in the last five minutes of the film after the Japanese have come and ransacked the school, one of them uh, throws up his hands and he says, our tolerance was a mistake. <laughs> In the West, Bruce Lee introduced a whole new Asian archetype. In America, the popular archetypes of an Asian man would be like Charlie Chan, you know, a wise uh, Chinese detective who would say fortune cookie wisdom or like Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's, you know, racist archetypes. Bruce Lee was brash and arrogant and confident and also plainly a, a sexual being in a way that no other Asian character seen in the West had been. So you can imagine how important he has been for, let's call it the Asian identity in popular culture over the years. <laughs> Anyway, it's pretty amazing the number of people that have called for him to resign. I I was thinking on Friday while I was watching his press conference uh, just how similar the situation is to kind of Rob Ford press conferences circa like 2013, 2014 for, for a couple reasons. I mean, one was that just the total stubbornness, just the refusal to kind of admit defeat. And also, frankly, the understanding that like nobody can actually make him resign. Yeah. Like he knows that. Like if he just digs his heels in, like Rob Ford, there was a couple weeks where every time he would do a press conference, you'd think, okay, well this has to be it. Yeah. <laughs> like there's not, he can't possibly hang on anymore. And it's like, nope, uh, he can just do whatever he wants. The difference between then and now is I'm not actually expecting Cuomo to resign at all. I feel like I, yeah. I've been burned a few too many times. You know, what stuff like the Rob Ford era taught us is that so much of this stuff, so many of these kind of expectations of like, I mean, these very thin expectations of accountability from public figures. It's like, even that, you know, it just 